welcome aboard Just Jets with your captain, Matt O'Leary. Buckle up and enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to Just Jets episode number 99. Yes, 99 episodes of Just Jets. Love it. The 2021 season has come to a close. We're going to get into that, your voicemails, and so much more here in this episode. I, I can't believe it's over. The The year really does go so fast. Before we get started, uh, this episode is brought to you by Manscaped. You can get yourself a lawnmower 4.0. Maybe the performance package if you really want to get fancy with it. I've been using the body wash, Pristine body wash that's my go-to right now that's my favorite product from them right now so here's what you have to do for 20 percent off and free shipping go to their website manscaped.com use my promo code jets20 that is j-e-t-s two zero for 20 percent off and free shipping on anything in the store definitely worth your while make sure to check it out so in today's episode like i said 2021 just overarching thoughts from 2021 and then we'll get into the voicemail so uh obviously i don't think the Big thing should be um, the biggest thing should be focusing on week 18. I almost said week 17, but there's 17 games now, so it's 18 weeks in the year. Uh, I don't think the biggest thing in the entire world should be taking having any sort of take from the last set of the last set of game against Buffalo. For what? Why? Especially on offense. Why? They played their fourth string left tackle. It wasn't even their backup. Wasn't their third stringer, no true Madoga. It, it was Connor McDermott, who was a goddamn term style. And then you had Dan Feeney at center for the really good run blocking game he had against Tampa Bay. And I appreciate that from him. He is brutal in pass pro. Awful. Terrible. And how many how many bad snaps did this guy have in, in two or three weeks span? It felt like I was watching Spencer Long again in 2018 getting Sam Darnold killed. That's how bad it was. Um, and there was a trickle-down effect after that, obviously. There, there, there just was. A L, LVT. Uh, L, AVT didn't have his best game of the year. Um, he, what he was playing in between probably had something to do with that would be my main guess. Uh, A Tardif was fine. Uh, the right side of the line was for the most part okay, but it was just between that and then the receiving core that they put out there, it was just, it was non competitive. I don't know how you could possibly, Tyler Croft dropping the ball, Michael Carter with the bad drop. You didn't have your weekly Jeff Cole or Keelan, uh, Jeff Cole, <laughs> Jeff Smith or Keelan Cole drop, thankfully, but they're working with nobody. Um, but just overall thoughts on the 2021 season is this. Um, was it a little bit disappointing? Yeah, I, I thought they would be maybe more around the six or seven win team. And I think if their defense played like it did in week 18 against the Eagles and against the Falcons, they probably find their way to six wins on the year. Um, but it, it didn't. There were some positives to take away, but there was also some negatives. For me, the biggest negative is the number of injuries. How many... This team dealt with injury after injury after injury. The durability. It's just frustrating. For a young quarterback, for a young team, youngest team in the NFL, to deal with what they did. They lost their number one 
free agent acquisition in Carl Lawson for the year. Did not play a single game. Their first round pick from 2020 played half a game. They brought in Vinnie Curry for depth. Didn't play a game during the regular season. Marcus May, one of your better players, leader on defense, was a defensive captain, right? How many games did he play? He played a handful of games. Joiner, you bring in in free agency to play safety and pair with Marcus May. That that would that could have been a nice one-two punch at safety. Didn't play, injured, lost for the year. Uh, oh, free agent signing Corey Davis, million drops, then hurt for the year. Elijah Moore had a great what five-six game run in the middle of the year from like week like nine to week thirteen. Was excellent. Hurt, missed the rest of the year. Michael Carter banged up, missed a couple games. Zach Wilson, hurt, missed a couple games. Quinnen Williams, banged up, missed a couple games. Uh, you, you, your rookies who are supposed to come in and play linebacker uh, on a really weak unit, Dean and Sherwood, hurt, missed a ton of games. <laughs> it's just every, everywhere. Injuries on this team. Every, oh, go figure. Tyler Croft, hurt. Shocking. I'm surprised Tyler Croft only got hurt his entire career, but hurt again this year. That's the negative is that you didn't really get a full look at what this team is going to be or or what the plan was for this team. Uh, and that's why I think they look so bad is because the, the amount of injuries they dealt with is just, it was in, in insanity. And the, sure, it's not one, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it was a top 10 roster and they were decimated. They were decimated, and they're probably like, <clears throat> I don't know, 25th roster in football, bottom five roster in football, so 27, 28 in that range, wherever you want to put them before the year. And then on top of that, you lose all your important pieces too. It's, it's hard for any team, especially a young one, to compete like that. And we saw it. It was a roller coaster year. Go figure, right? Rookie, rookie quarterback, rookie head coach, rookie offensive play caller. Some of it looked bad. Some of it looked really good. Positives. Zach turning it around in the second half of the season. Five straight games without an interception. Eight touchdowns to two turnovers since he returned from injury. That's a, I'll take that as a plus. Mike LaFleur being a legitimate play caller. I mean, early in the year, if you listen to the show, you, you heard it. People were calling. They wanted him fired. End of October comes, he goes up to the booth. He was great. First four games of the year, Jeff Ulbrich was going to be a be on the head coaching market. He had this defense playing over their head. Then they fell off a cliff and went to 32. It's just the, the inconsistencies this year is the biggest takeaway for me. Is there a hurt and inconsistent? And at times people underachieved. And my hope for next year is get more talent in here. You're going to have probably after cuts, $60 million of cap space. Spend it. You have four draft picks in the top 40. That Those should be players who are having impacts right away on your team. The rookie class, I graded them out. I was happy with the rookie class. I think it was a really good class. You got a lot of talent out of these guys or a lot of at least starting experience out of, out of these guys. There's a bit, there's a foundation here, but it's, this is kind of where the, the buck stops with that, right? 
This was the building block year. Next year is... No, I'm not being sold that next year is... Just kick the can down the line. You won four games, now you win six. Sorry. That's not that's not my take going into next year. With the amount of draft capital, an early draft capital that you have, with the amount of cap space that you have, with hopefully your young core taking another step forward in the right direction, with your general manager, who's now been here for four years, enough is enough. You have to be competitive next year. Sorry. That's the bar you have to you have to clear. I'm not saying win 12 games, win the division. You have to be competitive. Go out, win, I don't know, eight, nine, ten games. It's it's hard to say with the we have no idea what the roster is going to look like or or anything right now. But my, my takeaway from just fresh off end of the year, okay, that's what we just saw in 2021. We sat through it was a lot of bad. Some good, but it can't. We can't be in year four of Joe Douglas at that point, right? And say, okay, we're gonna be fine with another losing season where you're out of it in November. No, you can't. You gotta be with seven playoff teams in each conference. You have to be in the conversation in December. Have to. That's that's such a low bar to clear. I saw a graphic on Twitter today when it was like uh, the last time each team made the playoffs. There's this year, 2020, 2019, 18, 17, 16. You have a few teams the last time they made the playoffs was 2016. Then you have a massive gap of blank space and then 2010, the Jets. I don't have to tell you. You know how long it's been since they made the playoffs. I, you can't be satisfied at that point. If we're at, at this point next year, if we're having the same kind, if come back to this, and if we're having a conversation about the Jets winning five games next year, then that it's a failure of a season. And Douglas would have to go if they win five games. Have to. With the amount of capital, with the amount of resources. Clock is ticking now. The excuses are going out the window. You found you found your quarterback, the one that you want to build with. All right, I get it. In 2019, you're stuck with Gase. 2020, stuck with Gase. You decide you want to move on from Darnold. Get it. Now you have your quarterback. You have your head coach. You have your young core. 2021 was your building year. You had that. Every Jeff fan, most Jeff fans give you pass for the year. 2022, that passes goodbye. There's ex- there has to be expectation for this team. So that's where I'm at right now. I don't know. I guess I'm emotional about it, fired up about it, because it's a huge offseason. That's what this is really all about here, is what the offseason is going to look like for this team. With the amount of different ways you can get creative to build a roster, because they can't go into 2022 with the roster looking like it did in 2021. Can't happen. So show me. What is your plan? I have my plan. It was in the video yesterday. I tried to fix the 2022 Jets. I did my plan. I want to know what Joe's plan is. And we'll see. So with that, without further ado, let's get into your voicemails and talk about this season as a whole. We're going to go Joe Trumbull to start us off. He's got his weekly Zach update. What do we think? 
Hey, Matt. This is Joe from Trumbull, Connecticut. And uh, I, before I get into the Joe's Weekly Zach Wilson review, I want to say uh, thanks again for taking my calls uh, all throughout the season. Uh, You're love welcome. Love being on the show. Love calling in. I look forward to it after every game. But I'll, I'll get right into the, to the review of the Zach's game. And it's very hard to, like, pick apart his play because every time he dropped back, somebody was in his face or he was scrambling, throwing the ball away, getting sacked. But, I mean, for with Tariq Black as his number one receiver, like, what else can you really do? I, I think he, he he did everything he could to try to win a game, and I think the key outlier was that great play to Keelan and the fact that he didn't throw any interceptions. So, I mean, it, it is what it is. Whatever. Like, how are you really going to grade him? On but, that game, um, you can. I have a proposition for you. Okay. This is, this is a little different proposition. But what if we band together, right, all the Matt O'Leary fans, everybody <laughs> in the Jets Twitter community, and we form this, like, just big bond. We share all, like, these stories about whoever we think will pick a top quarterback, whether it's Pickett or Corral, and we try to get their stock to rise up so we could trade one of our first and maybe get two future first. So this might sound like a joke, but hear me out. I'm if in. we could just get a lot of traction towards one guy, right, get all the eyes on and be like, uh, Kenny Pickett uh, took care of my grandma when I had to go to work. I know it sounds crazy, but I think we should give it a try. All right, thanks, Matt. I wonder how you'll feel about my proposition. Have a good one. Let's go, Jets. Can't wait for the offseason. <laughs> I love it. Uh, man, I agree with your – we'll start with the Wilson review and then get to the proposition. So the the Wilson review, you can't, you can't possibly judge it with what he was dealing with. The stat that flashed up on the screen during the game – I want to pull it up, so give me a second. I'm going to go on, on Twitter while I, while I talk and do this because I, I have to pull up the graphic that they flashed during the game because it, it, it was nauseating. Okay. <laughs> 17 dropbacks. He was sacked. Seven times, ended up getting sacked nine times in the game. 17 dropbacks, seven sacks, 12 hurries, 19 knockdowns. He got knocked down 19 times. He was getting knocked down handing the ball off. It doesn't make any sense. You go there and look at the box score and say, oh, wasn't, it wasn't good enough. I'm just going to look at it, no context. I <laughs> can't. Um, as for, yeah, we. I'm down. Let's pick a quarterback. Who do we want to promote? Can he pick it? Howell? I don't know if we're going to get Howell that high. Who do we want? I think Pickett's the one, man. So I don't know what we have to do. Maybe that, that'll that be my assignment for the week. I'll try to th- really think of a way of how we can promote Kenny Pickett and maybe get a team that wants to jump up and grab him. And then go from there. I love this idea. I'm all in on this idea. <laughs> You guys are the best. Thank you, Joe. We're going to go Devin in Nevada, and he's got a 2021 review, 2021 review for us. Let's do it, man. What's going on, Matt? What's Devin up, dude? from Nevada call, uh, calling in here. Got a couple things I want to bring up. So uh, as the season comes to an end and we can take a step back and, you know, just put things into perspective, I got to say that I really do like the direction where this team is headed. Um, so with our Seattle pick, you know, nobody expected that to be a top 10, 10 pick in the first place. So, uh, the fact that it is number 10, we can't be mad at that at all. We have, uh, potentially have almost $70 million in cap space to work with this coming season. And I feel like our coaching staff has grown a lot this year, along with our young players. And, uh, you know, that's important because it builds depth and it gets everybody on the team involved. So, uh, you know, if and when there, 
number is called up at some point in the future, you know, they're going to play as if they've been there before because they have now. And, um, you know, I think that's an underrated factor to the Jets going forward. Um, I also want to thank you and all the other Jets content creators for, you know, a year of great work. Thank you. you. Know, I just watched the SNY segment, and Bart Scott is doubling down on his Zach Wilson comments. And, you know, here's the thing. As a Jets fan, you know, Zach is our guy. I personally love Zach Wilson's game, but, you know, like him or not, that's our brother, and we as a community got to show out for him and defend, bro. You know what I mean? Uh, we got rid of Sam Darnold. That's just the fact of the matter. Nobody's going to get better if we're just, you know, trying to make gossip stories about the kid. And, you know, look, he's, yep. he's 22 years old. I'm 23, <laughs> you know, so – we got to protect our quarterback on and off the field and focus on what's important, and that's winning football games. I'm excited to, you know, add talent to this roster, and I think this time around free agents might be intrigued to come to the Jets and be a part of the chain. Um, anyway, thanks so much for the content, man. Very excited for the draft. Uh, happy New Year, brother, and cheers to winning the offseason Super Bowl. Go <laughs> Jets. I love it. I love it, dude. Thank you so much. I appreciate you guys uh, a lot because I got to I got to do this every day um, because of you guys, and that really means the absolute world to me. I appreciate it. Um, you're right, though. You're on the money. Like it, it really sucks because, and I'll probably do a video on this eventually in the off season. I have a I have a list. I was coming up with a list last week of ideas that I wanted to do for videos, and one of them was comparing and contrasting. Sam Darnold's rookie year and Zach Wilson's and like spoiler alert like yeah statistically Sam Darnold had the better rookie year but I'll get more into that on on the video what that that means but I feel like after Sam's first year or even as just Sam as a rookie the percentage of people who were believers uh or we're like, all right, this is our guy. Let's go. Was significantly high, like way, way up high 90s percentile, right? But this go around with Wilson, it doesn't feel that way. And I don't think a lot of it has to do with how they played. Um, I thought, and look, I'll be honest, hand up. I thought that Zach would play better this year. Uh, but you also have to take into consideration the context of why he didn't play better. And the, the, again, in the opening monologue, what do we talk about? The the injuries. How many games did Zach play with Elijah Moore, Corey Davis, Jamison Crowder, Braxton, all those guys healthy, Michael Carter healthy? I'll probably count on one hand how many times that happened. It almost never did. Almost never did. Um, and that that's that's the thing that I think bothers me. Uh, that frustrates me. The other thing that you brought up that I wanted to hit on was when the Jets traded for Jamal, or what, excuse me, when the Jets traded Jamal Adams, my assumption was, okay, Seattle's a team that they're fighting for a championship every year. They're, they're good. These picks are probably going to be in the late 20s to early 30s, and I was thrilled with that. I was like, okay, I'll take it. You know, pick, I don't know, just pull a number, 27, something like that for two years. Okay, I'll take that. Yeah, sure, absolutely. But it ended up being pick 23 that the Jets would end up moving up. But just we're going to use just the context of where the Seattle Seahawks actually finished. 23, which was higher than anyone thought. And then this year, 10. And it was higher than 10 for most of the year. It was sitting around 6 or 7. And I'll take 10. Like, that's the thing. I saw a lot of people who were, who were bummed out that it fell to 10. And I was, I was too. But if you said before the year, 
that like no context. All you're gonna know is the Jets are picking fourth and tenth. Probably sign up for it. I would hope that the Jets' own pick was gonna be a little bit higher because they'd win some more game or lower, I guess, because they'd uh, want to. I'd want them to win more games. I thought they'd be more competitive than what they were. But Seattle pick at ten is a gift. Thank you, Joe Douglas. He he does have his flaws. He hasn't been a perfect GM, but that trade has been the gift that keeps on giving. Honestly. Thank you so much. We're going to go to Jeffrey in New Jersey. He wants to do Wilson talk. Let's do it, man. Hey, Matt. It's Jeffrey from New Jersey, and I just want to talk a little about, um, you know, Zach Wilson throughout the season um, and the offseason. So, first of all, in the beginning of the season, the biggest issue with Zach was the interceptions. Um, And in the last five games, I just read this today, he didn't throw one interception. Now, of course, there were some passes that could have been intercepted, but, you know, they weren't. Um, and so I think that was probably I – mean, his progression throughout the season um, was exciting to watch, and I really do think with more pieces uh, he can be a special player for this team and in this league. Um, I mean, he does – his progression kind of gives me flashes to Josh Allen, but, I mean, I'm not going to call him Josh Allen by any means. You know, he's got to prove himself. But um, with more pieces and with time, it's there for him to take. Uh, and also for the off season. So yesterday against the Bills, the offensive line was abysmal. Um, I really expected more this season, but um, I expected more from Beckham too. But I mean, there's not much you can do with an injury like that. But um, hopefully next year we get Beckham back, um, and hopefully we fill the right guard spot long term. Um, in free agency, I would probably like to go after Connor Williams from the Cowboys. Uh, he's pretty good, but the only downside is penalties. Yep. Um, and uh, what would you do to tackle the right guard position? And would you consider taking Linderbaum and moving McGovern to guard, possibly? Uh, thank you, and have a great day. Appreciate it. Interesting thought. I like, I like where your head's at. I do. And for a while, early on in the year, so probably about the halfway point, maybe a few weeks after, I was very much so on the Linderbaum train. And I, and I love him. Like, there's a world where if Joe Douglas drafts him, I could convince myself <laughs> that it was uh, that it was a, a smart decision based on what they, what else they do in free agency and how the rest of the draft is attacked, obviously, because, again, you have to look at things with a little bit of context here. Um, but I, I think they definitely need... Um, an upgrade at that spot, whether it is in the draft. I'm not opposed to moving McGovern over, but I just think he played well enough this year at center where you can be fine with him at center, be fine with the left side of your offensive line, whether it's Fant or uh, whether, whether it's Fant or Makai Becton at left tackle, the other one will move over to right tackle. I don't think Morgan Moses is going to be back because there's not a, a starting spot guaranteed, and I think that's what he's going to be looking for after uh, his year this year. He was good. Uh, I like Austin Corbett, uh, Corbett a lot. Uh, he was someone who was originally drafted by the Browns in 2018, got off to a slow start in his career, was traded to the Rams. The Rams run a wide zone offense, which is similar to what the Jets do. Now, I'm not saying the Jets offense is anywhere close to the style that the Rams is, but like that uh, McVay style of offense <clears throat> is similar to how the Jets run it. So I think he'd be a really good fit. He's only 26 years old. 
Uh, he's only allowed four sacks in the last two years and six penalties in the last two years. Uh, so I think that's the direction that I'd want to go. And I'm still, even though, I mean, it was official today. We found out Jamison Williams, or yesterday, sorry, the day I'm recording this. Uh, Jamison Williams tore his ACL. So I don't I don't know if he, I don't think he's going to be a top 10 pick at that point. Um, whether you want to go with either of the Ohio State guys, uh, Garrett Wilson, Traylon Burks, I think his his stock is going to continue to rise, and I think he is the exact kind of receiver the Jets need, someone who's a big-body guy who uh, is unbelievable at getting 50-50 balls and just a beast with the ball in his hands. Um, that sounds exactly what the Jets need, so I think that's the direction that I want to go with the second pick uh, in the first round. The first pick in the first round I think is either going to be Edge or Evan Neal. That's kind of where I'm at right now. Uh, let's go Ben and Callie. And he wants to talk about biggest needs. All right, let's do it. Hey, Matt. It's Finn from Cali. I wanted to call you asking that now that the season's over, I guess, what do you think is the Jets' biggest need, I guess, offensively and defensively? Like, if you were the GM, what would you attack first, you know, either in the free agency or in the draft? Because if it was, hmm. it was with it, if it was up to me, probably be tight end and linebacker. But okay. There are definitely other needs that we have to address, but you know, I just wanted to hear what you thought, especially after that Bills game, which was hard to watch. It was, but you know, season's over and uh, disappointing, but a lot to look, lot, uh, lot to look forward to, and uh, go Jets. Have a good one. Absolutely. Um, I'll do I'll do free agency and draft, I guess. The two guys that I have circled in free agency, one on offense and one on defense. Uh, first is Marcus Williams, the safety from the Saints. I th- he is excellent. I think he is criminally underrated. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure it's the same, it was the same draft class as Marcus May, but he's three or four years younger than Marcus May. He's 25 years old right now. In his career, he has 10 touchdowns allowed to 16 interceptions. He's a ball hawk. Zero penalties this year. An excellent tackler. So that's like my priority on the defensive side of the ball, I think, would be him. And priority on offense is Dalton Schultz. I don't care if you have to overpay him. He's only 25 years old. He had 800 receiving yards and eight touchdowns this year, and he's a phenomenal blocker. The Jets need a blocking tight end. I see the name Mike Jacecki so much online and in the comments, and like I, I get it. He's a he's a bigger name guy. He is a, so the name recognition the name recognition is there, um, but he can't block. He's basically a big, big name. Uh, uh, excuse me, a big body wide receiver playing in the slot, um, which I I don't think that's what the Jets want. I think they want someone who can block and, and play in line tight end and also go out wide, which is what Dalton could do. Um, I also see like OJ Howard or David Njoku. And I, I think those guys are kind of just names. They're, they're a big name, but have either of them really lived up to their expectations from the draft or early in their career? No. OJ Howard's the third tight end on his roster. He's not, I was, he's not even the second best tight end on his team. He's the third. And maybe that's speaking to the roster building in Tampa, but even when he was their number one guy, I thought he was overrated. David Njoku, I, he's athletic. I don't think he's consistent enough, though. 
Um, and as for the draft, like I mentioned, Evan Neal um, is someone on offense. Traylon Burks would be a good fit uh, early on. Jordan Battle um, or a second round safety like that. Um, linebacker, if they are able to trade back into the first round to get N'Kobe Dean, that would be perfect. Love it, but um, I don't know how likely that's going to be. Hopefully that answers your question there. Uh, we're going to go Jeremy up next. He's got a little bit of a mock draft scenario. Okay, let's do it. Hey, Matt, what's going on? Hey, I want to ask you a quick question. So if you were doing a mock draft and the top three guys that went was Thibodeau, Hutchinson, and Hamilton, Ooh. what do you do with Ooh. that fourth pick? Do you trade Ooh. down? Do you grab the crazy Greek guy? Uh, what do you do with that pick? I mean, imagine that you're in a crazy, intense situation. You're in a lot of pain, and you have to make a decision right away. What would you do in a situation like that where you're in <laughs> agonizing pain and you're not sure what you should do? Thanks. <laughs> I love it. And that's in uh, reference. If you're not subscribed to his channel, but Jeremy's channel, by the way, please subscribe. <laughs> He's very, very funny. He's doing uh, a mock draft on Wednesday. So I guess today, by the time you're listening to this. <clears throat> with with hot sauce um we're taking a swig of hot sauce and then doing a mock oh that is a tough question um <clears throat> it depends on <laughs> this is i'm gonna give you a really long answer but it's okay it depends on what you do in free agency if you sign a guard like we just talked about with a couple callers ago then the likelihood of me wanting to take an evan neal is low and i'd probably want to go with an edge rusher i like george karloftis sorry i know some don't I do. I think he's worthy of that pick. I think he'd be excellent in this system and in this league. Um, but if they don't sign a guard, why not draft Evan Neal, who has played both guard and tackle at a high level, and have Becton and um, Fant battle out on the left side in training camp? Whoever comes out on top plays left tackle. Whoever doesn't moves to right tackle have Neil play right guard McGovern center and left guard would be Elijah Vera Tucker and then if there's an injury to one of your tackles you could then slide Neil out or if you don't want to resign George Fant after the year you slide Evan Neal out I think his versatility is is why uh he is so intriguing at the top so that might be my answer. If those are the first three that are gone, and you don't, uh, and you don't sign an offensive lineman on the interior who can start, then that might be your answer there. Travis, haven't heard from you in a couple weeks. How you doing, buddy? Hey, Matt. What's up, dude? Travis from Ohio. Hey, buddy. Brutal season, but I guess we doubled our. One total from last year, so do it again. I want eight if next we year. We can keep stacking those. We should, I guess. But anyway, bloody beat COVID. Yes. And um, thank you. Unfortunately, just great. Don Maynard uh, passed away. So not to bring anything down, but dude. Look at his highlights. He was the man. He retired as the GOAT at receiver. And I was there when he went in the it went in Canton and the and 
Broadway dude, Willie Namath, inducted him. It was a great highlight of my just hmm. fandom. So, anywho, season could have went better. Could have went worse. Um, anyway, to all the haters, at least we don't have Adam Gaze. We got yes. draft picks and capital. Yes. Um, doesn't feel like there's hatred this year. Know what I mean? I mean, anybody hates losing, but sure. This year wasn't the same. So seems like we're going in the right direction. So, anywho, love you, buddy. Happy New Year, and glad you beat COVID. Love you and Mrs. Wilson. <laughs> Bye. Go Jets. Love it. Thank you so much. Appreciate it as always, Travis. Um, and I agree. It was I was hoping for some more wins, but I do think the future is bright. And just to touch on Don Maynard for a second, first and foremost, rest in peace. Uh, that was sad news. I never got to see him play. Obviously, he played. He was on the Jets from 1960 to 1972. Um, but if you want to go and look up some of the numbers that he's put up receiving yards in 1967, he led the league with 1400 receiving yards, 1,434 in the sixties. Like when quarterbacks or excuse me, when defensive backs could pretty, pretty much do whatever they wanted at will. I want to see what some of the other receiving numbers were. Okay. So he had the most receiving yards by almost 300 and the next guy was on the Jets also George Sauer Sewer S-A-U-E-R he was on the Jets from 65 to 70 and he had three 1,000 yard receivers in a row so the Jets in 1967 had two 1,000 there was only three 1,000 yard receivers in the league that year and two of them were on the Jets and he had 1,400 yards. That's unbelievable. At age 32, he played until his late 30s and was putting up big numbers, man. Maybe in the in the 70s, he got banged up and missed some time. But 67, 68, 69, he put up some really monster, monster numbers. And like I honestly, and it's my own. It's nobody's fault but my own, but. I did not know enough about Don Maynard before him passing away. And I think it's just because he played 40 years before I started watching football. Um, obviously, I, I know that he's a Hall of Famer, and I know he was, I don't know, he, he's definitely a Jets Mount Rushmore guy, but I just I didn't realize how staggering some of the numbers that he put up was. So shout out to him. Absolute Jets legend. Um, and rest in peace. We're going to go Will in Dallas, and he has some reaction from Jets Bills. Let's do it, dude. Hey, Matt. Will calling from Dallas. Uh, that wasn't the, the most exciting game to watch, to say the no, least. But, no, 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 no. I thought we hung pretty tough for uh, a top team in the in the NFL and missing a, a ton of our key players. I, I was a little more impressed than I thought I would be and a little more impressed than I think people – normally would be after a 17-point loss, but I think Zach played well for having what 
none of his top four receivers. Um, but I just wanted to see uh, what you thought about Zach this game and his improvements over the last few weeks are nice to see, but it kind of reminds me of Sam and the the final year of his or the final few games of his rookie year. And I just wanted to see your thoughts and uh, see if you could uh, kind of take that comparison away because I really hope he doesn't end up like Sam. I thought I had such high hopes for Sam and. Um, I'm just hoping that, that Zach has a big step up in year two. The other thing I wanted to ask about is what do you think about Lewis Seen, the safety from Georgia? Um, mm. Looks like a big hitter. Better cover safety than I think most people see from him. But I actually played against him in high school. Um, oh, no way. He played for Deion Sanders' team in, uh, at Trinity Christian. And uh, that he, he whooped us. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. He he was a That's great. hard hitter, and that dude played deep, uh, deep middle of the field most of the game, and he was all over the place. So wanted to see what you thought about him maybe in the second or third round. And uh, as always, go Jets. Thank you. Very much so appreciated. Uh, we'll start with Wilson and then get to scene. Um, with Wilson, I think the big thing here is uh, every quarterback is different. Like, I don't think you could just say, well, player X did this in year one. And that means they're going to be this for their entire career. It doesn't always work that way. And again, I'm eventually going to do a video on comparing Sam and Zach's rookie year. And clearly like, there's no way around it. Zach uh, did not have the better statistical season. He was not better as a rookie, but that doesn't always mean that they're going to be bad. He very well could be, but uh, in year one, in 2018, the two best quarter, I always go back to this, the two best quarterbacks from that rookie class was Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold. The following year, it then became Lamar Jackson, clearing away in, in 2019, right by a mile, and then stepped down, Baker, Allen, Darnold, all kind of in that same area and then I mean Rosen was pretty much cooked at that point anyway year three comes then Allen takes a massive jump and it's Allen Lamar at the tippy top step down Baker massive step down Sam and then year four comes and it's Allen a little bit of a step down Lamar another little bit of a step down Baker, and then I go down some more Sam. So it, does, it doesn't, I don't know. Like it's going to go back to the conversation I brought up early in the year with Mac Jones in three years from now, is Mac Jones going to be the best quarterback from this quarterback class? He could be, but um, I think you just have to look at traits and stuff like that we'll get we'll get into it a little bit more uh and as far as sorry i almost skipped over uh, a scene um i agree he's a day two corner that i would be looking at um i prefer jordan battle from uh alabama but uh he he's someone that i would be okay with drafting for sure he you're you, you hit it on the nose he hits hard very hard i, I think he's not as good in coverage as battle he might be better against the run, and he's definitely a bigger hitter. So it kind of depends on what you're looking for, I guess. Like I said, I prefer battle, but I'm not uh, against scene at all. I think he's 
I think he's a good player and a good prospect. So he's going to go, if I would guess, probably in like the middle of the second round, tail end of the second round, somewhere around there. Uh, and that's awesome that you played against him. That's really cool. Um, I never played against anybody who, well, I didn't play. I played like peewee football. I didn't really play until past like middle school. Um, in baseball, I mean, someone was on my high school baseball team who's in the minors now, but that's about it. No one like super high end, but. Oh, actually, well, I did <laughs> not didn't play with, but uh, on the U.S. National Women's Soccer Team, Crystal Dunn went to my high school. So there you go. That's, I guess, my claim to fame. It's not fame at all. Uh, let's go. Shane in New Jersey is up next. He has some 2021 takes we, we're going to talk through. Shane, what do we got for us, my man? Hey, hey Matt. How we doing? Shane from Jersey calling you again. Um, if you're able to use my uh, call, use this one. I ranted too much and rambled on the other and took up time. I didn't want to waste as much. I want to shorten kind of what I had to say here. Uh, but I kind of just wanted to give you my takes in the season and then where you feel going forward, which out of my takes you like the best. First, I did want to say, though, love your content, man. This Thank season you. last that I've been watching and hyped for the off season. So really keep up the good work, and I love tuning in to watch. First thing I wanted to get into, Zach pretty solid. I give him like a B- minus because he kind of did – uh, something with nothing, and we even saw the other rookie QB struggle with nothing. So, I mean, I'll take Zach over those guys so far. Not really counting Mac the outlier. <laughs> also, I think uh, some, now that I'm what I'm excited to see going forward, I feel like JD checked off a bunch of boxes. You know, Bryce Hall here and there, Elijah Moore, Vera Tucker, Michael Carter, Zach, and I want to see that going forward in the draft and free agency. And another reason I'm excited is because I trust him going forward. He checked off those boxes. The midseason move, the midseason trade he made with. Even Shaq Lawson and the guard, Tardif, like, you know, they didn't break the bank or anything crazy, but it showed That's that he true. was trying. Just trying and show some effort, you know, use your brain a little bit. I love that, and I trust him going forward. I think free agency and the draft suits up what we need, the positions we need going forward. So, yeah, man, that's what I got. That's what I'm excited about. Uh, what are you most excited about? And keep up the good stuff. Later, man. Appreciate it, as always, Shane. Um I think you're pretty you're, you're pretty spot on with Douglas. It's a huge off season for him. He really needs to, to hit on these. Another he needs another big draft. I think 2021 class looks really good, um, and he needs a, a big free agency because right his two biggest guys Corey Davis and uh, oh my god Carl Lawson didn't pl- didn't one didn't play the other didn't reach expectation then got hurt. So he needs to find some impact players in free agency. Has to, whether I mean, list it Schultz, Williams. You go for a linebacker, but um, probably it's my answer is probably going to be the draft, though. I think that's what I'm most excited for. Two top ten picks, you could do a lot of damage, and there's not one way to do it, right? Like everyone knew last year, the Jets were taking a quarterback with pick number two. The year before that, everyone knew that left tackle was going to be the pick. We didn't know which tackle was going to be, but everyone knew it was going to be left tackle. The year before that. Uh, you knew it was probably either going to be uh, Josh Allen or um, Quentin Williams, who the Jets obviously drafted. Uh, and then the year before that, you knew it was going to be a quarterback with their first rounder. This year, you really don't. For the first time since 2017, you can have a, a legitimate debate on what they should do with their first rounders, with both of them. Um, so this it, it's going to be fun. I can't wait to do all the different kinds of mocks and stuff like that and talk it out with you guys. Uh, Nick in New Jersey, he wants to talk about the current roster and some guys on the roster. Hey, oh, Matt O'Leary, Nick from New Jersey. Hope everything's good. Love this show. Um, just want to quickly call in. I know everyone's thinking, you know, draft picks, 
free agency, everything. I'm thinking about the current players we have. So with the amount of cap space we have, draft capital, we're obviously going to be getting in some premier talent this year. So that means that some of our current guys who had a good year could have more of a breakout year next year. I, I'm predicting three guys that, I mean, they're obvious on defense. I just think that C.J. Mosley is going to start having that game we saw him week one versus Buffalo a couple of years ago before his injury. So let's see if he can get back to that after a year under his belt. I really think with maybe another linebacker or two around him or keep help. Quincy Williams out there or rotate him anyway, I think that Mosley will have a breakout year. And defensive line, I think the whole line is going to change, you know, because we're going to have Carl Lawson back and hopefully a new pass rusher, Carl Loftus or whoever. Um, it looks like Fonsukashi is going to test for agency, so we're going to have a, some new D tackles around, not just Sheldon Rankins. So I think with all that added, I think Quinn Williams is going to have a monster year. I think he's going to be 10-plus sacks. You know, I, I didn't think he would do that, that this past year. Um, anyway, and the last guy I want to go to is Bryce Hall real quick, just because sure. I think if we add another good, like, number one or two corners, it's going to take off a lot of pressure off him. I know Eccles has been good, but we still need to get some depth there, or at least like a starter. So I re- I don't want Stingley Jr., but I I want somebody who's going to come in a veteran and just help out this young group. I think that's what this team needs is a veteran. I agree. Not a rookie who's a question mark. You know, we we don't know what rookies are always going to be like. Anyway, um, let me know your thoughts on those three players. Maybe if you want to add in one from offense, um, to have a breakout year. Anyway, Matt. Um, hope everything's good. And let's go, Jeff. I, I agree 100% with adding a veteran corner. I think that's the play there because uh, it's a young group. Like Eccles, um, he was streaky. There were points where he looked really good and then other points where he got uh, beaten and exposed. Against Buffalo, was a, it was a tough game, and it's a bad matchup, obviously. Um, but I don't think he's a starter. He played to much higher. He exceeded my expectations. But I think if he's like cornerback four, you're probably in pretty good shape. Um but yeah, I would look for a veteran to bring in to start on the on the other side of Hall. I think that's wise. Uh, with uh, who did we talk about? Um, C.J. Mosley. I I don't know if he's going to get back to Buffalo form how he was against the Bills in Week One, twenty nineteen. But I I think he'll be more consistent than what he was this year. I think stamina played an issue because I mean he didn't really play in two years so I think he got tired as the year went on and the linebacker core just isn't good enough around him like Quincy Williams for every one of his pop plays he just takes a weird pursuit angle and or can't can't cover and I, I love that he could come up and hit people and he does make these like really like these bi- these big plays uh, but he's not consistent enough to be an every down linebacker if you want to have him as a rotational piece behind uh, a, a draft pick and a free agent signing that's cool. I'm good with that. But I think CJ Mosley would be better. Hall, comfortable with. I think he's solid, steady starting corner. Um, Quinnen, I think, will be more consistent next year. Um, I think with the amount of injuries, I think that played a big factor in the, in the pass rush. Uh, with no edge presence, I don't think that helped anything. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. But uh, good stuff, as always. We're going to do James in New Jersey up next. He wants to talk about the Senior Bowl and some other stuff, too. Let's do it. Hey, Matty, yo, what's going on, big dog? It's your boy, Jensen, New Jersey. How's it going, man? Good. Um, I'm glad I decided to call you the time I called you now before earlier after the Buffalo game because I think we have a lot of good news that's happened 
Um, one, obviously, we're at the fourth and ten. Two, we are apparently coaching the senior bowl. I'm kind of shocked, but it's a good thing. Um, it is. I was, you know, I was tuning into one of Jake Asman's um, YouTube YouTube live YouTube chat, which he's again on top of you is becoming one of my favorites. Uh, favorite was good about Jeff Conte. You are too, Matty. Don't worry. But, <laughs> he's um, great. I'm shocked, but happy that we're coaching the senior bowl because we get to get really good good hands on hands on view of uh, these prospects. And um, I asked, I even asked Jake. Was the last time? Oh, if we ever coached the Super Bowl, it's in 1979. That's when we had gotten Marty Lyon and Martin Castillo, the New York Stock Exchange. Mm. So, okay, uh, I didn't know that. I think it's going to be good. I think we're off to a good start. So I'm really hoping that the Jets upload a lot of content this offseason because we are coaching the Super Bowl. Hopefully, they do a fight 2022. I was still thinking about that offseason drafting process. And um, I think we are up and up. I think the future is bright. I think we are no longer the red-headed stepchild of giant people because now the giants are in a in a world of purgatory, and hopefully we get better. So, uh, yeah, man, it's exciting. Hope you get this uh, voicemail. Thank you for picking up and listening to us always. I'm excited to see what you what you post in the offseason. Thank you, Matt, and pleasure. Talk to you. Appreciate it as always, James. I'm excited about the Senior Bowl too. Um, Robert Sala was on the 49ers staff when they coached the Senior Bowl, uh, and they that year they found Debo Samuel in the second round who was there. Um, so it would be nice to find somebody. There, there's going to be a lot of tight ends there. Uh, Rucker will be there. McBride will be there. Um, I don't know. Weidermeyer may be there. I don't remember if he is or not. Um, but it, it'll be good to see those guys up close. And Sala, Sala and Dan Campbell's energy is going to be electric at the Senior Bowl. They televise it. So I'm definitely gonna watch. Um, yeah, I can't. I can't wait. Like, it sucks because with the Jets being so bad for as long as they have, the off season is so, so damn exciting. It is uh, two top ten picks, uh, another year with like sixty million dollars in cap space. It's crazy. The next thing you know, you have the playoffs. You kind of ride it out, and then February goes quiet for a couple weeks, and then bam, free agency, boom. Then mock drafts, boom, and then it quiets down for a little bit after that, but. It's it's always good stuff. I agree, James. It's gonna be it's gonna be really fun. Let's do Tyler up next from West Virginia. Hey man, it's Tyler from West Virginia. Hey man, called in a little bit ago. Voicemail got cut off, so please use this one. You got it. Hey man, uh, now that the dust <clears throat> is settled and the off season is upon us, and the uh, you know, the season is behind us now. Um, just interested to see where you think we should go as far as improving this roster, uh, each positional group, and maybe like some staff changes if all, you know, if we need any. Uh, you know, overall, I think, you know, the coaching staff did well. Um, you know, had its ups and downs. We learned, you know, young coaching staff, obviously. I think LaFleur and Sala, you know, did well. And Ubrick, you know, could, could probably do a little bit better. But, you know, sure. got to get him some help on that side of the ball. But, hey, man, um, you know, my question to you is, in each positional group, where do we go, you know, like with draft and or, like, free agency? So, like, a, you know, example, like the offensive line, you know, have some bright spots there on the left side. Maybe that right side needs to be cleared up a little bit with, you know, free agency or draft. You know, where do we go there? Uh, obviously, in the wide receiver group, I'd like for us to get a rookie, you know, in that room. Resign the likes of Barrios and get Davis and, uh, you know, Elijah Moore a little bit healthier. Maybe, you know, bring in a particular free agent like, you know, Adams if he breaks free, spend the bank on him, you know, 
I don't know. You know, where's your head at on that? Obviously, quarterback's good. You know, Zach Wilson is the future. I'm a believer. I think we're good there. Uh, running back, I think we're good. We've got a lot of depth in Ty Johnson, Michael Carter, and bringing back the guys that maybe Austin Walter. Uh, you know, do we go out and get a free agent or a rookie in that realm? Obviously, I think a lot of our problems this year, though, man, were on defense. Uh, you know, we had a young secondary. I like the guys, uh, you know, Carter. I like, um, obviously, I like Bryce Hall. I like Brandon Eccles. But do we go out there and do we get a free agent, you know, safety or – um, you know, do we draft more in that realm? Uh, you know, wh- where do we go as far as secondary? We need a lot of help there, I think. Um, the you defensive do. line is good. You know, we just need a couple more maybe edge rushers, someone to get after that quarterback, bring him back Lawson, and bring him back, you know, a guy like JFM, and then add him maybe like a core loftus there. And yep. then obviously I think our biggest need is linebacker. Anxious to see where you uh, think we should go in the draft or free agency there. But, you know, man, that's kind of where my head is. I, you know, I want to see where yours is at. And, you know, as always, go Jets. Thank you. Much appreciated as always. Um, so just to run through this offensive line, um, I think you look to bring in someone to play right guard. Uh, you could do that in either free agency or the draft. Uh, and I think you retain LDT as a backup. Morgan Moses, I probably I don't think he comes back. I loved him this year, but... Is he going to re-sign with no guarantee that he's going to start? He wasn't going to start. He was going to be Becton and Fant. But with his play this year, I think someone's going to pay him to start. And I, I don't. I, I think he would leave for a more, um, a bigger opportunity where he's going to get more playing time. Um, as far as the running back room, I think they need to add a bruiser, maybe a day three pick there. Wide receiver, I would probably say draft over sign one. Um, I am someone who wants to take a wide receiver with one of your two first rounders. Tight end, draft one, sign one. Um, uh, defensive line, edge, either draft or free agency, one of those two. Interior defensive line, you're fine. Linebacker is sign a mid-tier guy. <clears throat> I don't know, like someone to like, who's going to be in like the six to $8 million range um, and then draft a day two linebacker. Um, I don't think N'Kobe Dean's going to be on the table for them. Um, he might be, but I think it's going to maybe end up being like a Brendan Smith or um, Christian Harris or someone like that. Safety, definitely uh, dra- assign one and draft one. Uh, I think you can find really, really good value on day two. I think there's two guys in the second round who I think would be excellent there in battle and scene. Um, and then I, I really like Marcus Williams. I would I would want to bring someone like that in a, a younger, a younger guy who has some uh, inner interceptions under his belt and, and some good coverage. So I think that's kind of where I'm at. at the, oh, and corner uh, at a veteran, uh, like on a, on a one year deal, something like that. Uh, last one, we're going to do Alex in New Jersey. He wants to talk about uh, what the uh, Mims trade offers and Quinn and Williams extension. Hey, what's going on, Matt? Uh, this is Alex from New Jersey, longtime listener, second time caller. Love it. Um, I have a couple questions for you, man. Now that that just abysmal season is over, um, so my first question is, uh, what do you think the trade offers were for Denzel Mims that we were hearing about in the beginning of the season? And then what do you think they are now? Um, Because my thought is that it's probably 
you know, decent value earlier in the season and then almost nothing now. And then my second question, and I know this is going to bug you, um, at what point can we admit that Quinny Williams is overrated? Um, Ooh, I'm not there. Because I was looking at his stats, and he played in two more total games this year, and his QB hits actually went down along with his sack total. Um, he pretty much disappeared in the second half of the season, and I think that a lot of us can agree that, you know, there are many games where we don't even know if he's on the field. Um, I checked his stats, and he's actually, in his career, he averages .37 sacks a game. Um, I think that's just not good enough for, you know, a third overall pick who is supposed to be this game-changing talent. Um, so, yeah, uh, the follow-up is, like, um, he's going to be up for an extension soon, and what do you think he'll get if he gets re-signed by the Jets? Um, anyway, man, appreciate it, and looking forward to the podcast, and uh, stay warm. It's freezing up here. It in is. Northeast. It right, is. Have a good one, man. Uh, thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, with Mims, yeah, I don't know. There's no value now. I, I don't think he would be a toss-in in the trade. Like, I don't think you. It'd be like a second end Mims for a player, maybe if you're lucky. Um, if you're to trade him straight up, I don't know if you could. Don't know. Flat out, don't know. Uh, in training camp, second or third, maybe. Don't know. It's hard to say now because it's like, it's. Uh, I don't know. You're kind of looking at the past there, uh, and there's. I don't know. I thought as a as a first year player, he showed enough promise to where it would have been. I don't know. Don't, don't, not wanting to move on from him, um, but after this year, I get it. It was it was brutal. As far as Quinnen extension wise, you're probably looking at somewhere in the twenty million dollar year range over four or five years. So four for eighty or five for a hundred. It's gonna be. It's gonna get up that high. Like Chris Chris Jones got four for eighty, so it's probably something similar to that. Um. The sack numbers weren't there this year. Um, they they just weren't, but I, I think some of it's a factor of just how bad the rest of the, the line was because they didn't have anyone on, on the edge. It was just him and JFM and, and Rankins a little bit uh, before he got banged up. Um, so if with Carl Lawson back and with um, hopefully another premier edge rusher on the other side, I think that would really unlock the defensive line. Um, and I fully anticipate the Jets to invest into that defensive line. Uh, and and Quinnen's very good against the run, too. Um, I don't know. Uh, maybe maybe the, the numbers aren't there this year. Um, but it, it, it's hard for me to chalk up um, the, the, the faults of the defense on, on Quinnen Williams. And I don't think it would be in the Jets' best interest to not want to pay it. What would he be next year? Twenty four. He's a younger guy. It's not like he's approaching thirty. He was an older old dude when he was drafted. If you want to say maybe he didn't reach what your expectation of was as a third overall pick, okay, I can maybe give you that. But I don't think he's been overrated. I think he's been properly rated as a very good player. I don't think he's phenomenal, but I think he's a a very good player. That's coming from someone who didn't want to take him third overall. I didn't, but I, I think he's. He's good, so I, I don't I don't know. I don't think the Jets are in a position with the amount of cast space they have to lose good players, um, especially ones who get after the quarterback, right? Like I, I understand with with the whole the Adams and May, I, I get it, but you traded away Leonard Williams because you drafted Quinnen, so 
you paid John Franklin Myers, and I think that was a wise decision. So um, I think they'll just add to edge and run it back, and I think the defensive line will be much, much better. So that's going to do it for me on this episode. Thank you so much. Episode Hundy next week. We're getting old here at Just Jets. Thank you so much for tuning in. Appreciate it, as always. Show's moving back from Wednesdays to Mondays. Um, so Sunday record time. So make sure to get the calls in by Sunday for the offseason. And, uh, yeah, that'll do it. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll talk to you next time.